All right. Welcome back to another Out of the Rough Golf podcast. We're coming off a major championship, the U.S. Open Championship at LACC in L.A., California. That's Los Angeles for those of you that don't know. Um, we had a uh, kind of a interesting Sunday, I would say. Um, Wyndham Clark ended up taking home the uh, tournament. He is your 2023 U.S. Open champion, but there were uh, several uh, pretty pretty good names that were in the mix for uh, this tournament. And on Sunday, um, Rory McIlroy being one of those, uh, I think a lot of the uh, viewing public and people at the tournament were probably rooting for him. Um, not a uh, uncommon occurrence for him and uncommon in major championships. Um, and then we had a one Richard Flowers Ricky Fowler, for those of you that don't know, um, that was in the mix in the final pairing with Wyndham Clark on Sunday. Um, we can go into his round and what had happened. Um, and then uh, Scotty Scheffler made a little bit of a charge and was showing himself as well um, on Sunday and uh, on Saturday, especially he came home really strong. Um, but yeah, um, LACC, uh, personally, I really enjoyed the venue. Um, I know there's a, some controversy amongst people with the uh the course um how it played and then just the overall atmosphere and uh the uh club itself um was uh you know a talking point this week so uh what are y'all's uh first initial thoughts of uh the u.s open and what uh what all happened uh i can i can kick it off um I thought that it made for some damn good golf to watch. I mean, um, the course played super tough. Um, you know, I, I'm a fan when you don't have majors that are, you know, ending at, at 20 under and, and whatnot. I mean, you know, when they're, when they're staying close to single digit, um, on, on under par, I mean, you know, you know that the course is playing hard and you know that, uh, it's going to make it a challenging time for these guys to go out and show what they can do. So, I mean, I uh, overall, it looked <laughs> really, really tough. Um, I mean, I can't fathom playing that course as a as an amateur. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't see how I'd shoot under 150 there. So, I mean, it was it was cool to watch and um, really, really cool to see. Wyndham Clark uh, just stay full nails um, through Sunday. And, um, you know, a little, little bit of a disappointment from Rory. Uh, felt like I was watching the, the British Open all over again where he's just, um, you know, burning lips left and right, couldn't sink a birdie putt to save his life. And, um, you know, essentially handed it off by not being able to, to come in clutch on those putts. But um, either way. Awesome win by Wyndham. Cool to see the emotion and um, see a see a guy who's never even been remotely close to in contention to go out and get him a major. So overall, fun fun watch. Uh, starting with LACC, um, I think Saturday and Sunday were great. Um, I'm a bit surprised at how drastic there of a difference there is in the morning versus the afternoon. Doesn't really matter. I think the marine layer plays a a huge part in that until the sun can start getting through and baking things out. Um, 
like this afternoon or this past afternoon, cause we're recording on Monday, um, <clears throat> was, uh, absurdly difficult versus what people were experiencing on the, the morning waves. I mean, Tony Fleetwood had a putt for 62 again in the morning, uh, at LACC. And then the last three, uh, the last four guys, uh, on Sunday, two of them shot, even, I think one of them shot one under and one of them shot, uh, four over. So like it was playing extremely difficult kind of, you're going to crack me, Dave. Yeah. Uh, Clark Let's Scotty shoot. Scotty shot even par as well, and Ricky okay, shot so three, five, five so three, over. Okay, so three even pars and a five over. So, yeah. like, it's not like it, it, it... I think it played a true U.S. Open test on Sunday, a, a good bit of Saturday as well. It was really Thursday and Friday where they just... I don't think they knew what they were going to get out of the course, surprisingly, and they erred on the side of passive versus aggressive. But I don't think you can really lose the course there in L.A. It's not dramatic enough in terms of weather to have lost the course. So I think Thursday and Friday were way too tame. Um, I don't think we should have seen two sixty twos. Um, I'm not sure if those records are really um that well earned in the sense of like what they meant to the 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 history of the US Open. Um, the pins were in gettable positions, the course was relatively soft. Um but that, that that's the margins that the USGA operates in now with how good these guys are and how for- forgiving the equipment is and I mean, the fact that you can have your greens rolling 13 to 15 in a week and that's still just not firm and fast enough for these guys is just a testament to how good golfers are now. Yeah, yeah. I there's mean, no doubt. Sorry, go ahead, Dave. Uh, yeah, I mean, the first two days left a lot to be desired. Um, I, I would agree with you that on the weekend it played, you know, more how it should be playing for a U.S. Open at that course. Um, there was a drastic difference on Friday or Thursday with the morning and afternoon wave. Um, with that being said, Xander and Ricky had the harder wave that day um, when they shot the 62s. But Thur- Thursday, it was a half a stroke. It was Friday where there was a significant difference of a stroke and a half, right? Um. Yeah, you, I, I actually probably, yeah, you might, you're, I think you're right with that. That was my mistake. Um, it's not like they went out and both shot 62 crazy rounds and like absurdly yeah, difficult. Conditions. It was, it was Friday. You were, you're correct. Um, but yeah, it played, it actually played more difficult in the morning on Thursday by a half a stroke about yeah. 0.4 stroke. So but either way, I, you're right, kid on how, how it was pretty, pretty drastic between Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, obviously they have the ability to to control some of these scores by by pin positions, and obviously Sunday is going to be the tougher day w- with what they're doing there. But um, I mean, it it was pretty drastic as well. What you're talking about when it did heat up, you know, that marine layer baked off. You could see you could see the difference, and and with that, kind of like always, you know, those afternoon guys kind of get the shit into the stick there, um, but. They're also, generally speaking, the the guys that can handle it better. So, um, just kind of a testament to their to their ability to play it. But yeah, as a whole, I mean, what are y'all's thoughts about LACC as a U.S. Open venue? Do you think it it it's you know a a venue that you would like them to see go go back? Uh, obviously, the atmosphere plays a part of that. The course. Um, uh, yeah, I, 
go for it. Yeah, I, I think the course, if set up correctly on those Thursday and Fridays, would have been a, a fantastic test, a wonderful U.S. Open. You would have seen winning scores closer to three, uh, three under and two under, I think, if you did things correctly. Um, and they had no, no fucking wind at all. Um, it, it barely got any sort of bite in the air. Um, so I think the course certainly could deserve another pass at, uh, the U S open, the club itself, the membership, um, the lack of fans, the fact that members are able to buy out so many of the tickets, um, that doesn't deserve for it to come back. Um, unless substantial things change. Um, I don't think they deserve another U.S. Open. Uh, I think the air about the club in general is just super elitist and 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 just hyper hyper standoffish and stuffy and it just it it reeked of just like privilege that did not feel like it resonates with the U.S. Open supposed to be, which is this opportunity for the whole country to come together and come witness the best golfers in the world. Like it felt very closed for something that's called the U.S. Open. I would agree. Um... I uh, share your sentiments with the course. I think it could, it could actually be a great U.S. Open venue if you set it up correctly, and I think the weekend kind of proved that. Um, yeah, it played how it was supposed to play on the weekend, and I I thoroughly enjoyed the golf course. I know that's uh, kind of a t- debatable topic from this week, but uh, I would have no problem with it coming back if you know the actual atmosphere change and people were allowed to go see the U S open and have the general admission tickets be where they're supposed to be as far as the amount of people in there. Um, I think it would have, would have made a, a a big difference. And when you have players coming out and talking about it and just, uh, I think that is a red flag when you have players talking about the atmosphere, not being how it should be at a major championship or the U S open. The course is far from perfect, though, too. Like, I, I think I had higher expectations for the course than what I saw. I think even some of the holes that I was really jazzed about really didn't play exactly how I wanted them to. Um, 15 was actually a bit of a dud, if, I, if I'm being completely honest. Um, like, it felt like it was for sure a birdie hole, and I get that it's a short par three, and these guys are the best golfers in the world, but you gave them essentially funnel pins Thursday and Friday, which is that's why you see three aces in two days. Um, and I, I don't think, uh, the fair, the green was tight enough and they didn't give opportunities for things to roll back into that back bunker with how it was set up. I think take that fescue down behind it and let it run back into that back bunker and have a terrible comebacker, but every, everybody fucking hit it fine. I think altogether, like I was listening to the NLU post show and I think they said the green regulations on that hole, was like 96% across the entire week. And on Sunday, only one person bogeyed it and it was Wyndham Clark. Like that, I get that like it was kind of a gimmick to maybe do a short part three, but like I think they could have turned it up and made it far more challenging than they did. And people just tore it apart. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it was one of the holes we talked about going into the tournament that we were excited about Um, that we thought, you know, it would throw some feel shots out there, make it be interesting. We thought that back bunker would come into play more. It just didn't really. Um, I I think they could have maybe moved the pin even further over right on Saturday for that short, you know, that short pin or that short distance. Um, 
but yeah, it, that hole didn't play out. But six, six play, I really enjoyed six. I thought it, you know, I thought yeah, it, six, six was phenomenal. Six, six was exactly what I think everyone was hyping it up to be. Like yeah. it was great. And then there's just some bad holes. Like three is a bad hole. Like everything just funnels into the exact same spot on, on the fairway. You had guys that would get boned by getting stuck in shitty divots because everyone fell into the same place. You had a great drive. You had a bad drive. They're in the same spot. Like that's not what you want to see from a um, from a U.S. Open. Um, I mean, that's something that a lot of people are pounding home about. Like, I mean, Brooks talked about it where balls ended up in the same spot on a lot of holes, like good shots and bad shots the same. Um, it re- it really was just a few holes, maybe four holes that it did that on. The rest of the course, I thought, shined through really well. Yeah, I, it's a lot I, of holes, re- though, right? Like four holes, four is a lot too of many. Holes. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you could t- say that same argument for for Oak Hill. I mean, with the 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 rough as long as it was, and the narrowways or the fairways as narrow as they were, like a lot of the guys, if you didn't like when you hit the fairway, ended up in the same spot, like. I don't know. I think that happens a lot more than I think. I think it was more prevalent because of what Brooks said, but I could be wrong. I, I well, didn't even, I, I didn't it's... even clock that Brooks said that. Um, I remember him complaining about blind tee shots, which I think is hilarious. Um, but I think he, if he did say it, he has a point with four, uh, sorry, not four, uh, six, uh, 13 three, does it, right? Three, um, yeah, that, I mean, there's at least one other one that I can think of. But I think beside besides that, I think there's also some outstanding holes in that course. I I love I love one. I think it's a perfect handshake opening. And yet you had guys like Xander put leave it twice in that front left bunker uh, off the tee. Um, I think guys had an opportunity to scrape it. You know, people were still in the rough to the right quite a bit on that hole. Um, I loved eight. Eight was a fantastic par five. Um, I thought Very that one was really, uh, and yet you still had, you know, guys still make some big numbers too. If they got into that right bunker on, I remember Friday that was fucking people up. Um, you know, some of the, those long par threes were phenomenal. Like it just shows how good these guys are. Is that like these long par threes that are 270 up to over 300 yards, like incredible shots you had to hit to go into these. I, I love these guys I having mean, to play it, just some it, wild numbers. It, it made it to where like that's what you have to push par threes to for these guys to like make it seem like a long par three for them because when you have like a 220 or something that's like a mid-range par three for them really because they're hitting like six five irons and stuff and it's like okay well but but those long those long par threes made for some really really fun up and downs to watch guys exactly you know, claw that, claw yeah. away and and get a par when you're like holy shit there's no way he's getting up and down from there you know <laughs> it it made it a lot more interesting and uh, like you said I mean you know I think you have to push those <laughs> par threes that far to really to really give these guys that type of test and, and if you, you know, if you, so many of them shine through on it. It's crazy. If you want to see professional golfers on a par three, hitting like a 30, 40 yard chip shot or pitch shot. Like that's what you have to do. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's just the bottom line. I, but I love I, six. I love 16, 17. I think those were two phenomenal closing out that, holes that meant like you had to step up and hit some big boy shots coming in. I was going to mention that I I really enjoyed the closing stretch, including 18. I know there was some controversy about how wide the fairway is there. Um, But 
I I liked it. I don't mind how wide the fairway is. You have to hit the shot. Like if you're far right, like you're you have to pull off the shot. Um, and it gives you. I, shot, I mean, shot do option. you do do you for eighty five yards wide fairway? Like I think the angle is best the further right you go, and there's nothing that's scary going far right. So like I think you need it to have some on protection the pin location. There. Like the pin location on Sunday. Well, like the, you... the 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 green runs from front right to back left and it and it, it, it careens into the middle there so like it's it's the best angle to approach from even if the pins are in the middle or in the back or in the front i don't know i mean i think rory and scotty had a better angle in on that green on sunday but then Wyndham. yeah i think so not even close not even close well we can agree to disagree but especially rory had a better angle in yeah that's a that's a hard no from me like not nothing about Wyndham's angle was worse than Rory's it was exactly how you'd want to be it was possibly not to get too far into the the round recap but one of the worst tee shots he had hit all week and it was the best angle result onto 18 that he's had all week for a a pin that was he just ended up misjudging the distance to for the pin I mean but yeah the the line was perfect, but perfectly fine because it was a straight uphill putt for him from that point. Right. Like the, bailing out well, that, 20, 20 feet short is line. fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. The the bunker on the right pushes it back left in the middle of the green. The bunkers on the left push it back to the right. Like it just funnels right down that line. Either way, uh, do we want to like kind of work it work down the leaderboard a little bit and talk about the guys that finished up at the top this week? Um, anything to say about Wyndham Clark and his uh his uh tournament that he played, his championship? Um he, yes. Um he he won the US Open. He deserved to win the US Open. He played phenomenal golf. He scrambled his his dick off on, on Sunday. Uh you have to think that the momentum on 18 stuffing it close on Saturday evening in the dark was a, a, a tone setter for the week. Um he made more birdies, more bogeys, but came out shooting even par, which is all he needed on uh, on Sunday. So he he played incredible golf without question. Um, it feels eerily similar to the the Woodland win, probably around the same spot in the 30s in the official world golf rankings. I think Woodland at least had a little bit more of a track record at majors. Like th- this feels out of left field for me. I get that he just won at Wells Fargo, but I don't know. It doesn't feel like the it feels like the pedigree wasn't there, but whatever. He might shut me up and just go out and win two more times this season. But props to him. I like his story. Like it's cool with everything he's he's been through. Um, but look, I obviously have a bias in this, so I'll clear the floor for the people that want to hype up Wyndham more. Well, I don't. I don't think it's necessarily about hyping him up. I mean, I just think he deserved to win the tournament with how he played. Like that's that's really all that it comes down to and in my eyes with with everybody that had a shot you know chef chef had the opportunity to put himself in play there rory obviously ricky obviously i mean you know these guys that are in the in the top of the game and and two of those being in the top three in the world you know they they couldn't get it done when they needed to and this and this dude did i mean you know wyndham wyndham 
deserved every bit of that. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. His, I think uh, his best major finish was T 75th. Um, so to, to have him come out from a T 75th as his best to, to winning one and, and only winning his first PGA tournament, um, you know, last month, month ago. I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, with, with the Wells Fargo, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, who knows, like, think about, think about Max Homa six years ago, um, you know, not really being anywhere in contention ever. And then now being a, a top 10 golfer in the world, I mean, you know, it takes some of these guys a, a, a bit of time to turn on and, and to get some momentum and, you know, who knows this, this could be that stepping stone for him. That could be a bold statement. I'm not saying that he's going to, he's going to catapult to the top 10 or that, you know, all of a sudden he's going to be showing up in every tournament or anything like that. But I can tell you right now with him getting his first win and now getting a major championship, I think that he is going to show face more often now than he ever has. I think that it's going to be an insane confidence booster for the guy but uh, I mean, as far as how he played, I mean, you you can't even remotely close to try to take it away from the guy, you know. I agree. I I, uh, <clears throat> I would say that he definitely went out there and earned the the win. Uh, he deserves to be the U.S. Open champion. Um, and yeah, he scrambled his dick off, as Kid said. He made some insane up and downs from wild places whenever you think like yeah, six, oh my god six six up and down for birdie was crazy eight after missing the ball in the the heather left of the green then and i think that it, was i think that not even was knowing where it went huge, i think that was a huge moment like the fact that he was able to save bogey on that hole um after that happened like especially the you know yeah he won wells fargo but like this is all within like six weeks you know, and being in that position, leading the U.S. Open, having that happen to you and still getting, you know, getting out keeping, with a bogey. Keeping, your, the, keeping yeah. your head in the game right there would have, like that had every ability for him to fall apart and that be the start of his demise. And he fucking kept his head <laughs> he, in the game and, and came out and, and he did the going. he did the exact same thing on nine after he was hitting it like dog shit. And then he fucking saved his ass on nine too. The ball had come to rest on top of that hill and then came down to within six feet and then drained it. That was his first fist pump of the day. Like the dude was just, it was the, it was the lowest he could have shot through nine holes. Like, and he just, he managed to just scrape it through. And that's what you need to with us opens. Like I was saying, like Sunday was a real us open test and he was getting by with the best one. Then he hit a bad shot on 11 right after that. He hit a pulled fucking three iron and then was in that tough spot left low long of that green and then hit an incredible chip to tap in like his his chips were were honestly like freaking chef's kiss the entire day like there wasn't outside of him missing that that ball on nine which he was buried it's not because he's a bad chipper like he was it was you know yeah, hard I mean, to even fucking we've all get been to the in ball. fucking impossible chips like that yeah. like i'll, I'll I mean, I'll try to hit it. I should take an unplayable, but I'll try to hit it. And then you do that exact same thing. And it's like, yeah, I should have taken an unplayable. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Like, I mean, but his, his chip game was fucking on point and, and wild to watch him consistently keep putting just 
absolute butter shots out there time and time again to save his ass and and like you said just come out come out where he needed to make putts and his putting was also lights out like i mean and then also there was that shot on 14 that he hit that was just so good well and that was yeah that that was yeah that approach on 14 that was the deciding hole right there because that's that's when when rory bogeyed and he ended up birdieing and i mean that probably ended up saving him winning winning the tournament um yeah i mean he did follow it up with two bogeys he bogeyed the easiest par three on the course and then he bogeyed 16 by going into the bunker um and then actually no 16 he he yeah, he went in the bunker and he saved par. Like, didn't he hit like the most insane par save from like the fairway to stuff it to like three feet when I thought it was like a guaranteed bogey? I can't remember what hole that was. Um, and then hit he hit a bad tee shot on 17. It stayed in the fairway somehow, like on the left side. Don't know how. Um, and then bailed out long left, hit another great chip to save up and down. But he followed up with two bogeys. Um, but yeah, I. He he played in incredibly well throughout the week. Uh, I think really Saturday is when he really shined. I think and really showed what he could do. Um, I think he led the field around the greens and putting um, combined cumulatively, and then Rory led the field off of the tee and approach. He just wasn't wasn't making them really. Um, but yeah, I mean hat hats off hats off to Wyndham. Um, I don't think anyone can convince me that this was like a long time coming or that he did like, he like coming this week, like, Oh, you should have expected it. Like he's, he's a, you know, like, I think this is going to go on. If we look back on history, this is going to fall under the, 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 the the Gary Woodlands, the Jimmy Walkers of the world. Like it's, it's not. I, uh, I was kind of going into a little Wyndham thing whenever I I brought up, uh, after you all had spoken on them. But what I was going to say is I did pick up Wyndham Clark on my fantasy team. And I'm not going to say I like I thought he was going to win a major this year. But I listened to a podcast several months ago. I believe it was golf subpar with Colt Nose, but it was like a live one with Jordan Spieth and JT after I can't remember one of those like Southwest tournaments early in the early in the year. And uh they both were speaking really highly of Wyndham Clark and his game, how it was turning a corner and that he had been beating up on both of them, like on just for fun rounds. And so I kind of put that in the, you know, the archives and um, his stats were moving up this year and he was, you know, everything was kind of aligning when it comes to the data and hearing that from that podcast and, so I picked him up and I thought he was going to play well for the rest of the year and he ended up getting Wells Fargo, but I would have never guessed he was going to win the U.S. Open. But it seems like he has uh, kind of found his game. Who knows how long it'll how long it'll last. Um, it's interesting that he doesn't have a swing coach right now. He's had him in the past, but has gone off on his own. I guess his ha- caddy helps him a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting story. Interesting winner. I find him more interesting than the uh, Gary Woodland win. Uh, it is a good, like, as of lately, or, you know, in recent U.S. Opens, it's, you know, the best comp for sure. 
but uh i find it more interesting than gary woodland but uh yeah i i'm stoked for him um but yeah i was not stoked on the overall outcome i definitely was not rooting for wyndham um i was at the end of the round because of uh, a bet me and kid have but uh i was definitely rooting for somebody else um that it didn't go their way but uh we can get into ricky if you want yeah, yeah, uh sure. Um I had started uh we can go into the pre-podcast about the US Open a little bit. I had a I had a feeling in my heart, in my loins that Rick was going to have a good week this week. And uh he did. He had a great week. Um I'm not going to take that away from him in any way. Um he's been trending really good this year. Been playing some really good golf coming out of, you know, some a, a really bad stretch there for a couple of years, few years even. And uh, it was great to see him contending at a U.S. Open at a major championship. And uh, yeah, Thursday was a thrill. You know, we were talking about uh, how he was going to make some putts or I was talking about how those putts are just going to drain. And that was what was happening on Thursday. It seemed like he couldn't miss a putt. And that was just a really... I haven't had a, a a round of golf from Ricky in a, in a very long time like that, and I re- really really enjoyed that. So it was fun for me to watch that, and uh, yeah, um, he kind of was uh, just hanging on the you know Friday and Saturday. I think he played well. I think he did what he had to do. But come Sunday, um, I don't know how to explain it. It just is kind of something that you know, happened five over is not excusable. Um, he just kind of didn't rise to the occasion and I was hoping he would, I thought it was going to be different than kind of some opportunities in the past. And it, it it wasn't turned out to be the same kind of outcome and it, it, it hurts. It's a bummer. Um, but he's playing good golf. Um, I hope he, I hope he plays his way onto the Ryder cup. I would love to see that. I would love to see Ricky on the Ryder cup team. And I think he can he, he might rattle off a win here in the you know the coming months, maybe. I don't know. Seems like his game's in a good place. I'm not gonna put Sunday's Sunday's round to you know kind of reflect his game right now. I think you know there is a lot more pressure there than maybe yeah, that he wasn't, would lead on. That wasn't but, mechanical. Uh, that clearly yeah. like the, the issues yesterday were not mechanical. I mean, yeah. clearly the swings weren't going the right way, but that, he's been out of it for so long. It's it's crazy to you know. It would have been miraculous for him to pull it off, even if he was leading. It, it's it's just it's a lot to jump back into. Um, a couple of things to acknowledge with Ricky. Um, before on the pre-pod, I said I don't see Ricky making a lot of birdies. I think it's going to be a, a hard U.S. Open. He's gonna he's gonna be there, but I don't see him being someone like Jordan Spieth is going to go out there and just drain birdies from everywhere. And it was the complete opposite. Jordan he missed the set, cut. And set he, a U.S. Open record record for for birdies. Yeah, so like eat my words right there that Ricky proved my ass wrong immediately. And while I did think he was going to play well at this U S open. And I agree with Dave on that because I was able to predict who he was talking about. Um, I didn't think it was going to be in that fashion. Um, incredible golf from him. Uh, the first three days truly. And Sunday, uh, while I don't think it's an anomaly, I, I do think it's something substantive, uh, that, ha- that is going on with him. Look, there was one person I was rooting for hardest to win this event. And then there was someone who I was rooting second hardest for to win this event. And that was Ricky at no point during this event. Was I rooting against Ricky? I was always cheering for him, always wanting to play well. Cause to me, that was the second best story out there for me. Um, and 
that uh it was tough for me to watch that happen too. Like I was worried about Wyndham, but I was I thought Ricky was more dangerous going into Sunday. And truly, but this this is the tough thing too. And I hate to come back to Wyndham and like harp on it, but like I don't even think Wyndham was that dangerous today. He shot even par. It was hard conditions, but like he was hanging on by a fucking shoestring for most of that front nine that was supposed to be scorable. And there was scoring opportunities like eight. Like the fact he got out with bogey is crazy. Like he did not look scared to me at all in the front nine. I wasn't stressing at all. Like we'll get to Roy here in a second, but like Ricky was who I was worried about going into Sunday against Rory. I well, mean, I'll, he, uh, I was I'll just, just, I was just going to say real, real quick. I mean, like he kind of, he kind of had the same, same issue as Rory. I mean, he was, he was getting so close on so many birdie putts. And for some of that, you know, it was even par saves, um, you know, that he's just burning lips or, or missing by mere, you know, like leaving it within, within an inch or two. I mean, like he had so many of those putts that if they could have just sank, like the round would have gone his way and he could have shot even, and he would have been in contention, but just like, just like, you know, Rory couldn't get those birdie putts to sink, you know, um, on Sunday, even though he, he did get a couple, um, he, he had, too many bogeys where he he was burning the lip on the par putt or or just barely missing and he needed those to sink to stay in contention and he just you know for whatever reason he couldn't he couldn't get it to happen but in his defense you know a lot of guys were dealing with that scotty dealt with that all day long um you know from i think the, that's from the putting. something about the course too i think it's a course that it's like it's all about the birdies and it's all about the bogeys like, yeah and you, you've got to you've got to keep the bogeys at a minimum if you want to, you know, obviously, but I mean, you know, that's, that's what ended up biting him in the ass. And honestly, there were only, I mean, there was four or five, four or five or maybe even five or six guys that also shot five over. um, But only three other players shot worse than five over in the whole. um, Granted, like Ricky, Ricky was getting the, was getting the harder wave of like, conditions in the afternoon like the, With, the hardest without stuff. a doubt but i mean the way i think about it is like r- the shot on seven from ricky the long par three that he took five wood and blew it 65 yards right and then dumped it short into the rough just by the bunker and then scrapping out of there i believe with a double um maybe he saved the part the the bogey I, I can't remember but like that sort of shit like could have been even worse. Like it, like the lie could have been even worse. Like that, that was the kind of shit. Like you don't come back from that. At that point I was like, Oh fuck. I was like bumming for Ricky. I was like, I need you to make this. Like you can't go out like this. Um, and he, he kept fighting and grinding, but he birdied, when, you're, when he birdied eight and yep. when he rounded the, when he rounded the turn, I, I still had some hope. But then he bogeyed eleven and twelve, and it's like fuck, man. Like it, this it's is... so hard to force it out there. Like it's yeah. so hard to force it and try to make birdies. That's like, you know that that's why I wasn't too concerned most of today. Is like bogeys are there, especially in those last three holes. Like bogeys can be there. Like pars are good scores. Let's not like there's a few holes where pars not a good score. Eight, for instance, pars not a good score. Fourteen, par is an okay score, but like you could probably get birdies in that pin position on Sunday. 15 par is okay. Uh, that back right pin to me was like pretty gettable with easy enough putts. 
Um, so, you know, I think, I, I think par is a good score for most of the course, especially on that back nine, but there was birdies to be had on that, uh, on that front nine, a, bir- a birdie had to happen on six. And I'm surprised I, at Wyndham being yeah. able to do it from where his lie was. To... That was a big issue on for him is just that, you know, he blew the front nine, which played so much easier. The back nine played exponentially harder. So he just gave himself such an uphill battle there. I, I hated that layup from Ricky on six from where the pin placement was in that front right location. The fact that he laid up kind of middling left on that hole felt so indecisive. Yeah, yeah I, I wanted mean, confidence there. I wanted to see. I, I mean, wanted that's to kind see of the story going for, for it. I think that's kind of the story for me on Sundays with Ricky. I feel like he came out the especially on Thursday and just, you know, played played his game and, you know, went about it the right way. And I feel like on Sunday, the the confidence just wasn't there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just, uh, just to kind of put a bow on Ricky for me, uh, you know, I, I'm so very happy to see him back in contention at a major. Um, I think it was a good week for him, all things considered. Um, and I'm happy with where his game's at. I, like I said, I think he can, he can rattle one off here maybe this year or maybe at the beginning of next year, if the game stays where it's at. And yeah, it, does it hurt that he didn't do what he had to do on Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, if he shot even par, which was totally out there, he would have been on in a in a playoff with with Wyndham. So, um, do I think he could have done that? Absolutely. He just uh, he didn't. But uh, yeah, I'm happy with where Rick's at, and I think some good things are on the horizon for him. Hey, and maybe he he's he's played well in Open Championships, and you never know. I yep. mean, I, I, I think that he's, you know, I, I don't know if you just go to the full extent and be like, Hey, Rick's back. But I mean, I would, uh, you could venture to say he is the fact that he put himself I mean, in his stats, here at a this, major. His stats this season would say that he he's back. No, he's a top, sure. he's, a t- and, he's a top 20 player in the world right now. And, and I mean, that's, everybody loves to see it. I mean, there's not very many people out there that you're yep. going to find. He was the crowd favorite like, for not, sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, dude, I I was catching up on outdoor motocross today, and there's two guys that dominate that sport right now, and they're brothers. And one of them was on the podium after his win, being like, "All right, now it's time to go watch our boy Rick. Hope he can pull it home." Like, you know, it's it's just like uh, other sports are respecting him being back in the mix, and it's um, that have nothing to do with golf. But I mean, yeah. you know, I love, I, mean, I love to see it. I mean, I, he's I, a tra- he's transcendent. So he's a transcendent uh, personality. A hundred percent. And dude, he has, you know, when you have kids that show up to the course and dress like you and, you know, I mean, like he, he is a crowd favorite and I, I 1000% was rooting for Ricky. I just think what, I think that he came out on Sunday and and took the conservative route saying I just need to go out here and make pars and he wasn't charging and and sh- and going, you know, laying up on See, six. Yeah, I feel like, like he said. was I feel like he was going out and kind of trying to press the pedal a little too hard especially at the beginning. And on the on the back what got him. I felt like he also was forcing himself in some tough spots too. Yeah, I understand the back nine more. Like you're in a situation and you you kind of have to make it happen. But I what think I, he was forced to on the back. Yeah, 
but see, uh, like, I, like I said, being three back going to the back nine, pars are a good score. You saw Wyndham bogey two of the last three holes or whatever the fuck it was, like him dropping back those shots. Like, I, I, I don't, I didn't think Ricky was out of it uh, in the back nine. I, I, I didn't. I just felt like his game wasn't there at that point, too. I was like, I just don't see you stepping up and hitting the decisive shots at this point, but like, you weren't out of it. Whenever, I, I mean, yeah, I whenever he, he missed the fairway, 13. When, Whenever he missed the fairway right on one, I I, I had a feeling it was going to be a long day. Um, he didn't really do that. Um, but he per- perfectly recovered that hole. Like had yeah, had a but like I'm, he parred it right. If I remember yeah. correctly, I mean, number one, you want a birdie. You want to get off to a birdie on that hole. It's a handshake opener. But what I what I was going to say earlier is that I think he bogeyed he, one. He, no, he parred it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he parred it. But uh. Either way, what I was going to say, we were talking about strokes gained for Ricky. Uh, he's data golf has him after the U.S. Open at number eight strokes gained for this year. And I mean, he's playing really good golf this year. I think I think it's safe to say that like his game, at least for a few, I think for the rest of the season should be pretty solid. So I like what's on the horizon for him. Yep, for sure. But yeah, we can go into Rory now. Yeah. Um, so in the pre-pod, I predicted that the winning score was going to be minus 10 and that Rory wasn't going to win. And I've never been more bummed to be right. And I love being right. Um, that, that was really tough. Um, I think Rory played good golf today. Um, he was clearly hitting it the best out of all four of them, even including Scotty. Um, you just can't miss, uh, that, that birdie putt on eight and you can't leave yourself 40 feet long on six. And then I, you, you, it's, I don't want to get too far into 14 yet, but I, that was a hard wedge shot that he was between numbers on. And like, if he sky, like if he air mails it, like that's not an easy chip coming back either. Like that was, that was just a hard spot to be in, I think, generally for what a, a scoreable hole it should be. Was but he was hitting. He got the relief on. Yeah, the embedded ball was fourteen. Um, the his par three play though was insane. Like that for that number seven, he fucking doesn't have his three iron in the bag because he's carrying a different wedge. So it would have been too much to take a normal five wood. So he tees it up and he plays a high floating cut to like pin high perfect on that green like a fucking artisanal shot and then 11 was the most nuts four iron i've seen rory hit this year to like a perfect spot there and like i think if you give eight you give 11 you give seven you give all these like you give rory all of these shots all these putts within 15 to 30 feet like you don't deserve to win the U S open if you don't make one of those. And he didn't make one of those. And then Rory also got plenty of fucking breaks on Sunday too. kicked off of a tree on 17 into an opposite fairway to have a shot into a good angle into that green. That's a, that's a gift from the golf gods to be able to, to to be able to like win this thing. Like he got breaks out there and it's, it's, it's sad to not see him get it done. It, feels like St. Andrews, except for his game was better today. Like Cam went out there and just took it from him when he should have been making more birdies. But like, I think Rory played great us open golf, him and Wyndham shot the exact same score. And if you took their exact games and you ran a simulator, 
a hundred times. I think Roy wins more of those than Wyndham does with how his game was going into Sunday. He was just scrambling his dick off and he was on the razor's edge that fell the right way from on so many holes. Like it, it's really tough. I'm like in a tough, it was an, a raucous emotional journey for me yesterday. And I just hate to see him not get these things done because it feels like it's a, it'll be a weight off of his shoulder when he eventually does. And I actually think if he can win one of these in the next year, I think eight majors, seven majors is in play for him because I just feel like a weight will be off of his shoulders and there'll be the floodgates again. But it's just the fact that there's just so much riding on all of these. It's just, it's brutal for the guy. I I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's so tough to watch when you care so much about how, how he plays. Yeah, I mean... It just seemed like there was so much out there for him on Sunday. Um, he birdied the first hole, and that was it um, with one bogey. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I don't really know what to say about it. He, he plays major championships really well. You would think that one of these would rattle off for him. Um, I think he definitely could have done a little more on Sunday. Um, he didn't. Yeah, have I think a lot he would say that too. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have a lot of putts. He he didn't have a lot of putts fall. A lot of them burnt the edges, like, and sometimes you need those to fall, and it's not really in your hands. So I think a lot of those were good putts. And yeah, um, he 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 needed to make fifteen. Like he needed to make that putt on fifteen. The fact that he didn't, like, it was a completely straightforward eight to nine footer. Like he had to make that putt. Mm, yeah brutal well and that's and that's what I, I think essentially even though he he played great out, outside of 14 that he bogeyed you know uh, he parred every hole and which and in my like opinion said, on 14 he got a break too with I, that I'm happy I'm happy to have this argument if we want to have it like I mean in my opinion like that that ruling he got was a lucky break there's no doubt about it to me, you hit that wall and you're back in that bunker and he can play from that bunker. Like he would have been in the exact same spot again. It would have just been a par instead of a bogey. And then the the other thing would be it was embedded in the wall. So he got to drop it into the rough that made a weird side hill tr- tricky putt that goes let's downhill not, away from not, the green. Let's not act like that was like in the middle of the wall. It was fucking up on the wall, damn near the high grass. And what are you talking I, about? It was in like a crater hole. He had to pull it out of it. Which is also he he pulled pulled it out of it, and she she asked if she could check. You would think if it's embedded, it would be very obvious that it's embedded. She had she wanted it to check when the ball's out, which is just odd as well. And well, I th- I, I don't think it'd be hard to say that it's not embedded. Like it if if Scotty Scheffler's in the fucking bunker with him looking for it, it's obviously going to be embedded. I would I mean. Granted, that stuff is, you know, that that shit right on the edge there is kind of thick. But I would think to to say that you'd have to say it's embedded if I, if you. I can't just don't know how. It. I don't understand with physics and gravity if it's not embedded. How it's not in the bunker for where it was, where they pulled it from. If it's not embedded, how's it not in the bunker? If it's not embedded, how's Decent it not point. in the bunker? Because it had to go. It would be. It's a straight down. From I mean, there. I think exactly. my gripe. Anything, I think my gripe with it is that there just shouldn't be an embedded ball rule 
there with the hazard with the bunkers how they it's are the, like, it's the it's... sand sand is what you can't have a ruling for embedded balls if it's turf and dirt and it's not in a red staked hazard it's you get embedded ball relief that's golf yeah it just it seems like that's part of the hazard like the sand trap well no because when you it, it it's the sand like that, that is the wall is, the is built part of the hazard like they intentionally built that wall like when you talk when you hear the architects talk about it like they layered grass a certain way for that hazard to play the way it does so, that sounds like your interpretation of what it should be, not what the you no, know, I've never heard any of the videos where the architects are saying, and firstly, he's dead. But like besides no, that, I'm if you want to take about the renovation. Jeff Shackelford, when he redid the renovations of the bunkers, I never heard them say, Yeah, we really need this to play as like a hazard and embed, embedded ball shouldn't get relief. Like Well, they didn't say that specifically, but he talked about how they layered the grass in order to have it play that certain way where it's tough out of those hazards. Yeah, when it's in that grass where you still have a shot and you're able to play out of it. And he still, even then, like his, his drop was still in the long stuff. Couldn't get any spin on it. Was on a terrible side hill lie. He should have made the comebacker hundred percent should have made the comebacker. Can't miss that putt. Like that's what cost him. But like, I think he didn't get any lucky break with that embedded ball. He should have been in the bunker as it was. If it was actually like a hard pan wall that couldn't have had embedded ball, it would have been the bunker. Like, Yeah, I mean that that's fine. Like we can each have our perspectives on what we think should have happened. And you know, you have yours, I have mine, Clint has his, and that's that's how it's I guess gonna stand, you know. Yeah. Uh I think just generally I think it's also a generous lie over to the right with the drop. Like, why wouldn't he drop in the bunker? What do you mean? You give a guy, you can't, you can drop one club length from where your embedded ball was, and then you can be no closer to the hole. Why would he choose the bunker? I mean, it like, it just seems like in that situation, like you said, like if it's not an embedded ball, it would have rolled into the bunker. So, so we're now of the mindset that golfers shouldn't take the most advantageous, ad, advantageous place by the rules. I no, just want to, I just want to just, I'm just simply saying that he got a, generous drop from that that lie that i don't think the result would have been that different i just understand his decision making for choosing the rough in that circumstance it didn't really well, work you, out for him you originally said that he would have part out of the bunker though i in the same point that i don't think he should have missed that putt coming back from the chip shot either like they both should have been parsed that was a terrible putt from rory like he shouldn't have missed that putt well yeah for sure and i mean i i think that um from a ruling standpoint with how there was probably from where it was embedded, there was probably a foot up to the rough and from where it was embedded, there was probably six or eight inches down to the, to the um, sand. I, I don't, I, curious. yeah, I don't know how you do the two T club length when like the bunkers bottom is like four and a half feet down to what you're saying. Like it's difficult to create the club length without it reaching down and being like nothing distance into the bunker. So like, well, it's and to... I guess that could be the the reasoning for why he was able to to put it on top. So it makes it makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. We don't have to hammer away at a fucking rule that is a rule. It's it it's a rule. He used it, and I don't. You know, he ended up bogeying the hole. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's not it it. You could say lucky break, but like you said, he may or may not have been better off out of the out of the sand actually. It's impossible to say. I just don't think it was a lucky break. That's just the way I think about it. It's like he 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 bogeyed it. 
Like it was, it was a rule. It was in the bunker. If it was in the bunker, the worst he would have done is a bogey. Yeah, Scotty's so. Scotty's was a lucky break. That was just a rule, you know. Um, oh but, yeah, that, on seven. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was absurd. If, yeah, uh, but I, I mean, mean like, is there anything else about Rory? Up, well, I was we, just gonna say to yeah. to to finish up on him. I mean, once again, it like like Kid said, you you have to make some of these longer putts, and and some of them not so long um, to to win a to win it open and, or to win a major in general. And he just, he just couldn't do it when he needed to. And to kid's point, um, you know, it, he's on a nine year drought right now. Like if he can come in and get a major, um, I don't think that it's hard to say that he'll pop off another one or two right after that, you know, That's within, why... with, I mean, like, I think that all it takes is for him to, to get that under his belt and be back in that mindset. And then he's going to, he's going to get all Brooks on us if we're not careful. I mean, he, he could pop off and have, you know, seven or eight majors um, yeah, within no. the, by the time he's 36, 37 years old. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm in the same mindset as kid on that. Um, but if he continues to putt like that on Sunday, um, you know, just, just burning edges and not being able to sink those putts when it counts I mean, he needed birdies on Sunday, and and he couldn't get them, you know. So, I I don't know. I once again, I I think Wyndham's putting was the reason that he was able to to. Well, his short his, game was amazing yeah. too. But but I mean, like either way, his putting was also lights out. He at one point um, was was putting almost ninety seven percent within ten feet, and and I mean. Um, those greens were not easy. I mean, sometimes in a 10 foot putt, you could have three feet of break. So, I mean, there was, there was by no means like saying, oh yeah, it was within 10 feet. That's not that hard. The putting was fucking tough on that course. And, and so, I mean, you know, that's where, that's where you're going to get a major, major winner is, is on the green and, and sinking those gnarly putts that he wasn't able to do. To yeah, wrap up. I mean, oh, real quick. I mean, it it seems like it's inevitable that he's going to win another one of these. Since 2019, he's had 11 top 10s, three of which being a second, second, and a third, and another notable T5. Um, so, I mean, he's putting himself in the position to get the thing done. Um, and it's not a very good feeling when you have a bet against a guy for a lifelong another that's why i just want us to get over with like i'm just like it it, it's gotta be like so let's just rip the fucking band-aid off that's like why this week felt so necessary because like to me it rips off the band-aid for dave like it frees up rory again a freed up rory is fucking terrifying for the world like it it would just be it would just be so necessary like I, i just i just think we need it um but to tie up the, the top two for this week, like Rory didn't play good enough to win. That's that's obvious. And I, I stand by that 100%. I am just not convinced that Wyndham Clark went out there and took this either. They shot the exact same score and it just seemed like nobody walked through that door. Like he just just band-aided it together and made it work on, on Sunday. And neither of them just fucking stepped up and just took took the bull by the horns. And it that's just how it kind of phased out. And it, it just sucks because it's 18, but like he got crowned. He got, he got 
completely bailed out with the shot that he hated off of his club face. Like it sliced 60 yards. Like it, that's a tough, tough finish to watch. Well, I, but to t- like to take away from his saves to say that he didn't take it with his saves, I would, I would rebuttal that. I would say that Rory played say like better overall golf in the sense that he didn't have to have as many saves. But to say that Wyndham Clark didn't take it with his saves, I think would be a little bit of an overstatement. Yeah, it just allowed him to shoot even, but he he battled when he had to to save the pars and and at some points, um, you know, very few, but uh, bogeys or birdies, like to battle to get those scores, I think he had to battle way harder than Rory did even though they shot the same score, I feel like he battled harder for it. There's a reason that you're battling harder. You're hitting it worse than Rory. Like Rory's hitting greens from regulation. He hit more greens from regulation than everyone this week. That's a testament to and how good he was playing. You can argue that he well, just putted like but, shit but the, and you have to but, Yeah, but well. that's not, yeah, but, but that, that doesn't my, take away that, from him battling for better. Like, yes, he's not, he's not as good of a player as Rory. I don't think there's anybody in the world that's going to be like, oh, Wyndham Clark, I mean, uh, yeah, that guy's on Rory's level. No, he's Wyndham fucking Clark. not. So he's not going to play as good a golf throughout the round. But for him to battle to play as good as Rory, I think that's a testament in itself. And that's why he ended up winning. On Sunday, Wyndham Clark relied heavily on his short game and chipping. And Rory was relying on his tee to green as he does normally. And the putter wasn't there for Rory. And Wyndham just as kid wants to say band-aided together, which I don't think is a bad way to way of saying it, but he was able to get it done in Clint's defense. And, you know, it took gumption and, uh, you know, yeah, I don't think what I'm contesting though, is that Clint is saying that he went out and took it. No, he held on to it. He fucking had 10 shot at the beginning of the day. He ended it with 10 shot at the beginning of the day. You could say that he took it. He also had four birdies. You could also say that he took it on 14, but then he gave it right back on the easiest hole in the course. So it's like, I don't think he was out there with a bunch of authority being like, oh, this is my major. I'm taking it right now. No one's going to come after it. Like he bogeyed twice coming in. Like, yeah, he made birdies. There was birdies out there to make. And that's why Rory didn't play good enough to win because he didn't make those birdies. But Wyndham was also just giving them right back. So I don't think he decisively took this thing by the horns and like wrestled in like this was my major. Like he he I, made some very put, clutch put it saves. Like that, in I don't think it was a bullish take by any means. I, without a doubt it wasn't it's not like i just i just think that he played well enough to deserve it i don't think that it was it was necessarily like oh he just snatched it right out of rory's hands like like it was a you know an easy take i don't think I mean, it was anything rory like was, that but rory was never leading him the entire day they, Wyndham Clark they, at yeah one they, point they was co-led at one under. point they co-led at one yeah. point like Firstly, understand, I, and I also said Wyndham deserved this because Rory didn't deserve it. He didn't. He got. He also got a fantastic break on seventeen. That could have been in the. It should have been in the rough. It wasn't in the rough. He had an incredible shot to hit that back fringe from where he was. He hoisted a fucking iron so goddamn high and it landed so soft in those greens that were rolling fifteen by the end of the day. Like it's the 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 main point is is that it would have been way easier to swallow if Wyndham won by three. But he came in with pretty average game finishing it out, and Roy didn't take it back, and that's on him. And that's the tough thing here is that, Dave, you get to sit easy knowing that Ricky wasn't even fucking close. Like, 
the the idea here is that like that was out there for the taking for Roy and he didn't take it and he did it again, just like St. Andrews. Like that's the tough thing for me to swallow. Like that's that's well, the hard part. That stings. I mean, that's fine for sure. I think where Clint was getting at that he just felt like your take of him, you know, being crowned and not going out and taking it, that he felt like he deserved a little bit more than that. And I think that's what he was, you know, driving home. I said he was crowned on the 18 with that shot. It should, he should have had a, at the very least, it should have been a playoff with that drive. But that's like you said, Rory got lucky on 17. Like, I agree. I'm acknowledging that. But I'm allowed to say both those things. Sure. I agree. But I'd, I'd say we can, we can tie that up. We got, we got, I'd say, two if not three more guys to talk about and that would be third and you know the the two and in t fifth so i mean I, i'm i'm down to keep this this kind of cynic mindset going forward a little bit and just kind of called the i think the obvious thing in the room and say you guys should be ashamed at, at how bullish a lot of i don't know if you were clint but dave and ryan and and tyler max you had no reason to think that max was going to play well this week and i called you guys out on it like that he was not the right guy for this. Like, and just I mean, I will California. push back out. That's not, that's not the only reason. Like I will push back. The guy sh- shot the course record in pack 10 or pack 12 or whatever it was. Granted, it I guess that has the record. Not in, a tur- not in a t- tournament, not in a, <laughs> it, there's a difference anyways. So he has cor- success on the course in the past. And he played well. He's won at Riviera, which is just across the street, like 10 minutes. And he's played well in California. The guy's gotten a new stride in his game. Like, it's not crazy to think that he would play well. Like, I'll push back on that. Well, and my point in the pre-pod and whenever we talked about before is that like, yeah, almost playing incredible golf, but he can't show up at majors. He hasn't shown up in majors. There's no reason to go into this major assuming it's going to be different. That's what I said. Yeah, well, that's not how you took this like original like Max talking point. We were about to go into Scheffler and he brought Homa up. And uh, like, I, I'm just pushing how back do we know? a little bit I, I, to where we, like me thinking that Homa has a good chance or will play well. Like, yeah, he hasn't had success in majors, but not a lot of those majors have been when he's turned a new leaf in his game. And that's what I was thinking. It's like, okay, Max is playing better, and it's at a course that I think that he could play well at, considering he's won very close to there at Riviera. He shot the course record in a tournament in college. And, yeah, I I think that there's definitely some merit there to think that he would play well. I don't disagree with Dave on that, like in the sense that, you know, the guy's from the area. He's played played well there, had success there. It's not crazy to think that he would have, you know, the ability to play well there. I don't I don't I don't think that it's crazy to think that. Now to say that he would have been, you know, in contention for the win may be a bold statement, but at this and that's only from his track record. But then there's other guys that have good uh, major track records like JT who shot fucking 10 over on Friday and ended up like fourth worst in the, in the whole. And lot. I would think, I mean, and I'm pretty sure if we go back to when we were picking fantasy teams, kid brought up Mac when I picked max that he would be a good fit at LACC if I remember correctly. But so like, I don't think it was fucking crazy. I, I think the hype on max going into this from you three were was, was, 
overstated and unnecessary given his track record at majors. And the fact that but I know Tyler had money on him to win. Season? Like, I, I, I don't see the correlation. Like, the, the idea here is that, like, if it meant when he started winning and, and playing better golf, he played better in majors, then I'd say, cool. Like, Max is trending. But there's nothing to point that Max is trying to win majors right now. Like, we need to start seeing some performances from him at majors. And this, this is the exact same thing that we talked about before we had the podcast with JT before he won in 2017. Like, he's a perennial star. He wins all the time. He goes super low but he can't seem to show up in majors. And it's still kind of the case in a lot of different respects. Like he shows up at PGAs really well, but like he had given us no indication to that. He's going to, pro- he was going to play well. And I just think the hype on max was oversold. I, I think, yeah, so, I can't, I think I can't, saying no indication is uh, like a bold statement considering he's won, I believe three times this year, he's having one of the best strokes gained seasons of his career. Like uh, and he has history at the course and that course is in the area where he's played well at. Like, I, I just think like it wasn't a fucking asinine thing to fucking think. Like, uh, I just really, I don't think so. I, I get that. I get it. I just feel like the talk around it was as if he was one of the favorites coming into this. And you guys talk so much about Max here. It, it was brought up multiple times in the middle of the season. Like, but, but I, like, I would, be, I would, re- I'm pretty sure I didn't bring him up much on the pre podcast or anything going into it. Like, and like, I'm coming out hot as a cynic just for podcast sake, but I just, I, I think there's some realism that should be shared to folks or they at least kind of own it a little bit. I, I think we caught up in these little fairy tales around guys. And it's like, how about we get, I like, mean, you them- thought, you thought Spieth was going to win the tournament. I did. Like, and he missed the cut. What is that? What, okay. Like, I mean, stuff that you think is going to happen doesn't always happen. So, you know, like, I just think there was validity to thinking Max was going to play well. You don't think there was enough, and that's fine to think. I just don't think it was crazy for me to think that. I think there was some valid reasons to think that, and I don't think it was outlandish by any means. I, I would – I don't – super often on the podcast agree with Dave um, on, on, you know, a lot of this stuff, but I would tend to lean, lean heavily towards his side on this one to say that there's at least validity in what he's saying, not to say that he would be a favorite in the tournament, but to say that he could play well and, and possibly be in contention. I don't think is a, is a crazy, especially mid season, whenever he's playing better, like as of lately, he hasn't been playing as well. Like the reason I wasn't talking much about him in a, in the pre podcast and mid season, when we're talking about majors and stuff like that, bringing up max for this venue, I don't think is a fucking crazy thing to do. So. That's I don't my, either, my but I think sense. that we've we've hammered that home, and we could yeah. talk about somebody who has been playing great and is still continuing to play great golf and is a number one in the world, and he, you know, ended up there in this tournament. Yeah, I think Scotty, you know, number one in the world, as you mentioned, um, playing some incredible golf, played some incredible, incredible, incredible golf last season, and is following it up with a another spectacular season. Um, finds himself in contention at most tournaments and this one is no exception it's a major and he was right there in the mix again putted better than we were or putted better than i was expecting um 
And yeah, he, you know, there was a short period on Sunday where, you know, he, you thought he definitely was in the mix, or at least I did. It's crazy to think that he had his B game this week and he soloed third. Like, that's, yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> it, it is wild. Like, when, you know, he plays a mediocre round on, and I, and I say mediocre sparingly, but mediocre for, for his gameplay on Sunday and, and still ends up third. I mean, um, you know, he just, he continues to, to do Scheffler things. I mean, you know, he had some wildly amazing shots um, throughout the week. And, um, you know, everybody loves to talk about Scotty's putter. Um, yet he's, still continues to hold down number one in the world and continues to be top five and damn near every fucking tournament he plays. I mean, so it's, you know, if his putter could be hotter, like I, I, he may never lose, but like outside of that, I mean, like the putter talk kind of gets a little old to me. Um, but at the same time, like uh, this course um was not friendly to you if your putter um wasn't at least close and i mean that's what like that's he was what fine this week though does. like he his managed, putter was yeah, fine he, this he week managed, yeah he kept it you know even those super long putts he was he was putting it within a foot of the hole every fucking time so he gave himself opportunity um i mean he just he was he was out there doing scotty things yeah, I, I think the, what it proved to me this week is that, like, Scotty isn't bulletproof uh, on approach and ball striking. Like, he he looked unreal the last three or four weeks, and he wasn't, like, perfect this week by any means, and his putter wasn't that bad. So, like, it's modulating right now. It's not just cut and dry that his putter is terrible and he's just, like, Hideki. Like, it's moving around, and he had a completely average strokes uh, gain putting this week. I think it was slightly above average. Um but it just felt like the rest of his game wasn't a hundred percent there. He hit some bad drives this week, some really bad drives this week. Um, but still managed to scrape out a, a, a third. I think he's still firmly the best player in the world. Um, the fact that like he was two shots off of Rory and you just felt like he just wasn't really playing all that well today. Yeah. It seems like he's going to be putting himself in a position to play really well at these tournaments. Um, yeah, it, it seems like he's, uh, like you said, kid, you know, probably playing right around his B game and has a solo third. Um, if he keeps playing like this, you know, who knows what what he may he may do. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's sustainable. It seems like it is. It's been a long time that he's been playing this level of golf. Um, he's been number one in the world multiple times now. But is he uh, the number one golfer in the world, Dave? John Rahm is the number one golfer in the world, um, <laughs> but by OWGR, um, they have Scotty currently, but, uh, John Rahm is the number one golfer in the world. Um, he, he just is, there's no getting around that, but, uh, but there is because Scotty is, um, <laughs> maybe to but you. that's okay. <laughs> I mean, but I, it's wild, you know, um, we see, a lot of these golfers who have these meteoric rises, um, you know, at different points in their careers, uh, you know, obviously 
Jordan did it. Um, JT did it. All these guys have done it. And I, of the times that you've seen it, I, I don't know if there's a time where I've had as much confidence as I do in Scotty to keep it rolling for the foreseeable future. I mean, I, I don't, I just don't know if I see him falling off like anytime soon. I, I mean, he's, it's ridiculous to watch real, real quick question on Scotty over over, under two and a half majors over, over. I mean, that's a, that's a simple question. I think he gets three, like, so over. I think he gets three. Yeah. But barely like, I am usually the one who's always saying like, that's too high. That's too high. That's too high. Like, I think it's really hard to win majors and most people are not going to crack multiple majors. I think it's a huge deal if you even get two. Um, so, but I think Scotty is the kind of talent and he's still young. We're like, I think he can, he can rattle off two more in the next 10 years. Like that's the time frame I'm thinking for this. Um, and he's shown it like his, his major performances have been there. He, he, how many top tens does he have in his, his career at majors? And what's that percentage? Like it's pretty wild. I'm pretty sure I'm going to try to pull it up right now. He's 26 well, years old. I mean, he, he obviously had, uh, won. He, he's 26 uh, years old. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight top tens in a four year stretch. And he's only he's missed the cut three times. One of them was when I think he was an amateur in 2016. Um, and he his percentage in top tens is over 50 percent. Like that to me, that's a recipe for someone who's 26 years old will probably get two or three. And I'm erring on the side of three. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's already got the masters. He has a I mean, he got third. Uh, this year at the U.S. Open, he was T2 last year at the U.S. Open. Um, he was T2 at the PGA Championship. I mean, I don't – the only place that he hasn't played overly well is is at the British Open, but, I mean, he even has a T8 there. I mean, I I wouldn't find it crazy to say that, you know, if he does end up with three or four, that it could possibly be a grand slam. I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, the dude, show, it's not like he's not showing up at these majors. Yeah, he's shown up at all the all the majors, all the, all the different venues, all the different types of golf. Um, this year in majors, and we've had three of them so far, he's only lost to 12 people. Is that any good? <laughs> like, holy shit. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good line. Um, I really don't know why where I fall on it. That's why I put it there. Um, but I would probably lean y'all's direction as well. At, at, what makes that at one harder here. than like to you? I don't. What do you say for Rom? Seven, eight. I think you said something like that. Seven or eight majors for Rom, and you have ten for Brooks. Like you seem to be really hard to get yourself on one side or the other of a two and a half line for Scotty, who's a better player right now than both of them. I mean, we could argue Brooks playing pretty well. Dave, you live in data golf. He's beating him in true strokes game. They play on the same tour. I I agree. I don't know. I I don't, I can't, I can't tell you why. He's got a, he's got a weird, a weird disdain for the guy or something. I don't know what it is. He won his ass a fucking golf fantasy. 
Rom did that. Yeah. No, Scotty won you a golf fantasy, didn't he? Or no, was it I had Scotty last year. Rom was the boy who won me the number one player in the world. Um, won me my golf fantasy. But uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, but but I'm not trying to take anything away had from last season. Would have been only because of Scotty because he was lights out last year. So. You got to give the man some Dave, credit. Dave's okay. had a major winner on his fancy team every single season, I'm pretty sure. What can I say? I know how to pick them. Fran- Francesco, Rom, Scotty, and now Wyndham. Like, I don't know about what I, I, I think wish, we're missing a year in there. But I wish I would have bet the we, field. I wish I would have bet the field in Tyler's little thing. We uh, we didn't play the uh, one year in there. We didn't have the league. It skipped. Again. Yeah, I think we didn't. Yeah, I don't think we did. I don't know. Whatever. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, mean, I, I think overall, like, it's just not surprising to see him continue to put himself in contention. And um, <laughs> with with that being, you know, said, I will be curious to see um how he plays in the British open this year, just because that's the one that he hasn't put himself over the top in contention. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't been in the top five. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see him do that um, coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see him play what play well in a British open for sure. Um, He hasn't played like, I don't think he's played awful. I'm not looking at any of it, but. He definitely he, hasn't really been around T- T8, on Sunday. T8 at, uh, fuck, why am I blanking? At Burkdale, not Burkdale, uh, whatever, St. George's, whatever, wherever yeah. Colin Moore, Kyle went at. Yeah. yeah, T8 there. And weirdly, um, T21 at the old course, when I remember him being in contention on Saturday, I don't know what happened. Um, I think so he I shit being the bed. The I think he shit the bed on Sunday, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. But, but yeah, I and think he's going to be could... going to oh, continue go to be in the I think he's going to continue to be in the mix for me to wrap a bow on Scotty and majors. Um, I, I, I'll lean with you guys. I think three, maybe even four uh, majors for Scotty um, will will probably be, you know, right around the right area. I I think that three to four is is a safe and I would say safe minimum. Um you know, I could I could easily see him doing more if he if he can keep some longevity in his game. But um, there's nothing to say that that's not going to happen at this point. But um, you know, talking about um, Open Championship winners, we can we can move move right along to uh, a boy that that kid has on his team. Um, the only person in the entire live organization that I am glad that'll be back, you know, um, playing tournaments with everybody else is Cam Smith. So that um, was an, that was an incredible 67 on Sunday. He was oh, in a later, a he was in a later tea time. He, he had the hard conditions. Like he was making some insane putts, some incredible up and downs. His up and down on 17 was wild. Um, yeah, he was kind of and a, he, a very and interesting. He shot the, and he and he did that on the back. Like the back was what yeah. was playing so much harder, and he did it on the back, which was what was that so was the crazy about part it. about yeah. that round. Three, three, yeah. three birdies yeah. in the back and no bogeys. Like that was. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, can't I, it's good to see him find some form. He was a non-factor at the masters. Um, I don't even know what he did, uh, at Oak Hill. I don't think he did. I think he might've even missed the cut. I don't even, I don't have to look it up, but, uh, yeah, it's good to see him playing good, good golf right now. And I, you know, I share your sentiment, uh, Clint, I'm looking forward to seeing more Cameron Smith golf, uh, in the future. I think his game is unique and he plays a different style than most people. And it's, it's fun watching him play. Uh, he got a top 10. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> All right, there we go. I don't even remember yeah. that. He's on my team. I don't even remember that. Well, Either way, I don't really have much to say about Cam Smith. Um, it makes sense to me that he played well here. Um, I don't exactly remember. Uh, I was saying I he was. wasn't going to. So, I mean, it yeah. actually came as a surprise to me. I thought Phil I, was going to beat him. <laughs> I can't remember what my stance was on the pod prior, but I think I was, you know, kind of not like super high on him, but I thought he could play well. Um, but yeah, you, question, you questioned why I would think Phil would play well there, but not Cam, just given like they're both strong short game people. And I was I was of the mindset that like, you know, Cam's putter wasn't going to be as much of a factor here on these greens with just how severe they are. I don't think many people are going to be draining putts. And he obviously proved me wrong in the back nine on Sunday. But but, you know, a yeah. tough scene from Phil this week. You know, I hate I... to see it. I honestly don't have too much to say with anyone else on the leaderboard aside aside for maybe two guys. One I want to touch on real quick, which feels like it's a one other live guy, which is Dustin Johnson. It feels like he could have been right in contention on Sunday. Yeah. He had some bad breaks and uh, he had a quad. Um, and well, hole two seems... alone, hole two alone took him out of contention. Like if he would have just been able to par hole two, he would have been tied with the leader. Yeah, so it feels like it, it. Just watching him play the golf course, it felt like it was a good fit for him. Um, didn't say anything about him going into it, but just watching him play, it was just like, oh god, Dustin Johnson could fucking win this golf tournament. But uh, yeah, and uh, aside from him mentioning him, uh, really just quick shout out to Tommy Fleetwood for balling out on Sunday. Um, he was off earlier, but uh, you know, a sixty-three is a sixty-three, and just wanted to shout that out. Um, I had some money on him to play well coming off the RBC. Um, seems like he's playing some pretty good golf and it seemed like a course he could play well at. So yeah, just that really is the only people that I really have left to talk about as far as it goes. For Big props to Austin Eckroat. He's new on tour. Went to, I think OSU with Hoblin at the same time, uh, 65 on Sunday, big deal. I mean, coming back. Uh, from a 73 on Saturday and making a top 10. That's a it's impressive stuff. You know, tied the tournament with uh with Rom and they both shot 65s on Sunday. Like, damn, good stuff from a, a young buck. Yes, sir. Any uh closing closing words you guys want to say about the uh US Open? Tough scene for Gordon um, Sarge on 18 on Sunday with that ball not yeah. going in. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was was tough, but that was that was actually you know talking about um, you know some some standout guys. I mean, it was uh, impressive to see an amateur play play that well. He was by far the low amateur. Um, That yeah, that that bounce out on eighteen was wild. Like he was like 
flabbergasted as were probably pretty much everybody else. But um, I mean, he shot Sam, a 69. You know, Sam Bennett didn't play he, terrible either. He shot a 69, which should have been a 68. Um, two under yeah. on Sunday is a pretty good round. Um, he definitely played well. Sam Bennett shaved his goatee off and then shot 79 is what happened to Sam Bennett, Clint. <laughs> well, outside outside of his 79, he played well. He did. He, I'm, just he showed scrolling, up. I'm just scrolling down the leaderboard real quick. Can we give a little tiny shout out to Podrick Harrington? He, Dude, T27, fuck yeah, we can. T27 at a difficult golf course at his age. And, you know, that's just pretty fucking dope. I, uh, you know, they didn't really show him at all. I saw his name on the leaderboard, like throughout the tournament. And I was just like, damn, man, Podrick, it's sticking around. Um, I'll give the smallest of acknowledgements to Bryson. Um, he shot four over today, which made it seem a lot worse. than I think he was playing this week. Um, he was, he was dancing out there the first few days. He was showing up, making some birdies. Um, I, there might be a world where he, he scares a couple of these. I don't know if he wins another one, but he might scare him. There could be some exciting I, uh, golf in the future with him. I just think I touched lurking. on him a little bit pre pre tournament. Yeah. When it came um, to live guys. I'll apologize to max, but that has more to do with you guys. than it does max. <laughs> I like max. <laughs> But yeah, any last final words about uh, the 2023 U.S. Open? Spieth missed the cut on the number. It's tough. It was a Spieth is course. It, is there any worries about JT? Like what? I I I, I yes, a hundred percent. I I think if he's not injured, we have issues. This is statistically the worst season he's ever had on tour. Um. And he won a major last year. So yeah, I'm I'm concerned. I am quite concerned as someone who chose him first in first round of the draft and also as someone who's a huge fan of his. I don't hope that he's hurt. It makes the most sense. Um, but he seems to be eerily quiet on that front. Um yeah, big concerned. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me. Closing statement on LICC in the U.S. Open. Um, I did really enjoy the course. I I, I liked it a lot. Um, could it have played better? Absolutely. But I think it's a great course. Um, and I'm separating the course from the club. I would love to see it go back there if it was the right conditions as far as atmosphere goes. But if that's not the case, then good riddance. And it was good to see it this one time. They're on uh, schedule to come back to it. Um, yeah, I'll I'll end with if Rory had blocky short game, he would have won this week. <laughs> well, I think that's a good good note to end it on with a little blocky shout out. Um, we'll catch you guys next time. Um, I'm sure we'll be doing some pods, definitely pre Open Championship next month. But uh, maybe catch you at a pod before then. But uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Later, boys.